Welcome to another episode of That's Some Crazy Shit with Kelly and James. My name is Kelly and my co-host is my good buddy and friend, Mr. James. Hi, Mr. James. How are you? I'm good. Special K. Things are going good here. Um, this is our last show, so I'm excited. Well, I mean, it's not our it's not our last show. It's the last oh, show yeah. of the season. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Didn't mean to panic you. Yes. I mean, it's the last show of season three. So we have wrapped, you know, and a season for us is 13 weeks. Sometimes we'll throw in a bonus episode and make it 14. This would be yeah. number 14 of season three. And we decided to do our season closer. We'll take a break and then we're back right at it in September. So I'm excited. We had a really good season, James. We've come a long ways. And I think what we're going to talk about today is crazy shit, but on a totally different level. Um, You know, we've always tried to keep the podcast light for the most part, right? Not, you know, stay away from politics. We kind of stay away from COVID and, you know, anything that we thought, you know, might be controversial, but we have decided today that we are actually going to talk about race and the crazy shit that racism is. Right. And it's funny because, you know, with uh, uh, people talking about the Tulsa massacre, this is kind of what generated the discussion between us. I, I like to think I know my history, you know, and I was really disappointed in myself on how much I didn't know about the Tulsa Massacre. Yeah, so for those that you don't know, the Tulsa Race Massacre happened in this country in 1921. It was actually from May 31st, 1921 to June 1st, 1921. And it happened when a bunch of white residents Um, mobs of white residents, many of them deputized and given weapons by city officials, attacked black residents and destroyed homes and businesses in the Greenwood District in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There were over 800 people injured, 183 seriously injured, um, and the, uh, the exact number is unknown. And just to let you know, the perpetrators of this massacre it were were white people who decided that they didn't like what was going on and they decided that they were going to go ahead and get deputized by the city and then go attack this community now you know let let's get this out to the listeners they, when you say they didn't like what was going on they didn't like that the black community was being successful and thriving yes it was prospering um there and were successful businesses like. Um, there were successful people. There were professionals. Um, yes, um, people of color, black people were thriving in this community and and they didn't like it. So this mob who went and got deputized um, went and decided to go ahead and just basically riot and tear it down. They didn't like it. And, you know, you say tear it down. Let's get this, you know, they burned it to the ground. Yes, they burned it to the ground. This is what blows me away. They burned it to the ground. You know, they killed people, you know, injured people. And and it 
it went almost unheard of, you know? I mean, that naturally blew me away. This, this went unheard of for almost 100 years, really. I mean, I'm not saying no one heard about it, you know? But like I said, even me, who kind of dabbles in history, didn't know about it until recently. Also known as Black Wall Street because it was so successful. So when you hear people say the Black Wall Street massacre, it is the same thing as the Tulsa race massacre. And so in talking about this, James, my thing was is that they don't teach Black history in schools and they don't teach this type of history in school. I can remember going to going to school and I remember every year that I had history, we would get to a certain point in history, but we always covered the basics. We covered England, we covered pilgrims, we covered Columbus, we covered the settlers, we kind of kind of glossed over racism in the Civil War, right? And, and then we talked about, you know, the expansion West, and we didn't really talk about um, Native Americans being massacred as we talked about the mountain men and, you know, the Alamo. Right. And, you know, all the good parts, I guess you would put it, you know, Lewis and Clark, you didn't hear about, you know, all the other things that were going on, the massacre, the killing of Native Americans, and and I'm sure, you know, their settlements and whatnot. But, you know, those are not the things that we learned in school, as unfortunate as that is. And I don't think we talk yeah, about race. Well, let's just cover this. For those that don't know, and maybe some of you don't know, I think, you know, when, when me and James talk about race, it's close to home. I'm I'm Black, I'm African-American, and James is Puerto Rican. And so we both grew up in Salt Lake City. You want to talk about, a, I'm, I'm going to call it out. Salt Lake City's some racist shit. I'm just saying. It really is. It, you know, it, it is. And it's funny because I think that is, you know, that, I don't know what you call, call it, closet racism or whatever, you know, and it lends itself to the systemic racism that's here. You know, and it's, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to explain to people who haven't had to deal with racism what it's like, you know, trying to explain to people, you know, right after I got my new car, you know, it's a flashy little car, you know, and, I'm pulling out and I'm going to work and I'm taking these back streets. Just, you know, it's a lot easier to stay out of traffic. I can still get there quick, you know. I had a, a cop pulled behind me a block from my house, follow me several miles, watch me pull into the place where I parked. He parked out front, you know, parallel to where I was parked, and he just sat there. And it's like, okay, I wasn't breaking any laws. You know, I wasn't speeding, anything like that. And this, I mean, he followed me because I, quote, unquote, fit the description. Male mm-hmm. Hispanic. You know? And when you, in fact, I told this story to a person and they're like, well, James, I've been followed by the police. In fact, a police was following me down the street the other day. Okay, let's back this up. You're a woman. You're white. You're middle-aged. That doesn't fit the profile. He followed you for what, two, three blocks down the street? No, he wasn't following you. He was on the same street as you. And just and just happened to be behind you. Right, there's a difference. 
you know, so when you're trying to explain to people this and then they want to relate it to their thing, you know, and I understand that, but that's it's not racism, people. You know, racism is being, you know, you're being taken and you're singled out for this simple fact of the color of your skin. And you assumptions know, and, that is, it, and assumptions are made based exactly, on the color exactly. of your skin. I have gone in stores and been followed around the store before. Um, okay. I have, I have, um, I don't know if I've, I don't recall ever being pulled over, but I've, I've stood in line to pay for things. And the person that's the checkout person has actually ignored me and helped the person behind me. Right. So I'm in line like everybody else. It's my turn. And instead of acknowledging me and helping me, they help the person behind me. I've sat in restaurants where nobody's come taking our order. Nobody. Right? right? right. And you don't you don't want to go there. You don't, I don't want to believe that it's a race thing. I truly don't. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're sitting here trying to come up with Rational, everybody around you is getting their order taken. She obviously sees me and us and just nobody helped us. I mean, finally I had to go ask somebody, right? And it's like, you you don't want to believe it. So I'll tell you a story. Um, there's a Coles not far from my house and I don't go to Coles a lot. I don't, um, so I go into Coles and I'm looking for something. And every time I look up, this this white guy is like right there. Like every time I turn around, there he is, like following me. And I was like, can I help you? He's like, oh, well, I'm following you. That's my job. Well, okay. Oh shit. Yeah. I'm, what? And it, and it really pissed me off. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, whatever. So I go to go check out and I say something to the manager. I said, you know, I don't appreciate being followed by your employees and then being told it's their job to follow me. Why is that their job? And he's like, who are you talking about? I'm like, I'm talking about that gentleman over there. He's like, well, he doesn't work here. Well, okay. What, you know, yes, seriously. You know, and I was, I was pissed. I was just like, wow. You know, I, I've never gone back to Coles. I will never go back to Coles. But these are experiences that honestly, when they happen to you, you, after a while, you just start to chalk them up. Right? And that's sad. You know, I, I had an experience like that myself. It's funny because me and my nephew, it became a game for us. You know, how many people can we get to follow us? And all we would be doing was shopping. You know, we went to his, this clothing store and, you know, we, back in the day, you know, I used to like to dress up. So we went to go get some clothes, you know. No one helped me. My nephew was probably there, you know, half hour just wandering around looking. No one helped us. But make no mistake, there were several people watching us and you could tell they were watching us. But would they come over and offer to help? No. So no. me and my nephew left that store, went down to Z, or, uh, not, sorry, we went down to Nordstrom's and it was one of those pretty lady things, you know. Me and him, we bought several hundred dollars worth of clothes. We had all these bags and stuff, you know. We go back to the original store and we're walking through, we stop and look around. You would imagine how the attitude changed. Well, can we help you? Well, actually you can't. Because when I was here earlier, you were more concerned about me trying to steal shit. So I went and I spent all my money somewhere else. 
right? So, you know, my thing about the racism is that it's, it, you know, it's funny because now all of a sudden everybody's aware, but it's always been there. It just hasn't necessarily been videoed. You know, the first videoed case we have of, you know, somebody getting their ass beat down by the police was Rodney King, right? That happened. What I'm saying is that wasn't new, right? It's not like this was the yeah. first time it ever happened. This was just the first time somebody happened to get it on video. That's not the first time mm. somebody's died at the, you know, been beaten by a police officer of a, of color. And that's not, that's not the last, and you know what I'm saying? That's, that was not the first time was my point. Right? So, I mean, you know, James, I, I, we can say it's crazy shit, but the thing that really makes me kind of trip out about racism is I truly do not understand it because I want to judge people by who they are, not by the color of their skin. And I really try hard to go there. I try to give everybody a clean slate and I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I really do. And I think that's, you know, part of what makes us who we are, you know? We want to give people the, the benefit of the doubt because it's so, you know, that behavior is so wrong. I know? don't understand it is it, what it, I'm saying. I don't understand how you can just make yeah, all these assumptions and not like me simply because my skin is darker than yours. That is the only reason. That's the only reason at this point in time. You don't even know me. And right. you've made assumptions. And let me tell you something. In doing what I do for a living and talking to people on the phone, I have been told several times throughout my entire life that I sound white. People are surprised when they meet me to find out that I am not white, especially with a name like Kelly Morgan. I've been told on the phone by clients that I have a very strong Irish name and what is my Irish lineage and what is my, what's that coat of arms? I don't have um, a coat of arms. No, you know. Irish people do kilts, the different pattern of kilts are their different. Patterns. Okay, whatever. You know, people have asked me, you know, those types of questions. And it's like, I'm not Irish. You know, you got a strong Irish name, Kelly. Yes, yes, I do. But I'm not Irish. Well, it's probably your accent throws them off too. Are you being serious right you now? Know. Are you being serious? Like my accent? Like what is my accent? Your Irish accent. Oh, your my Irish, Irish accent. accent. You know, what people hear is, I don't know, Utahese thrown in with a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, it's it's a trip, James. It It's a trip. Well, what's, what's the title of your book, my friend? <laughs> well, the first book that I ever wrote was called You Sound White because people have always told me that I sound white. And, and that's not a compliment. I'm here to tell you. That's, hello, people. So when somebody says to me, and I've had people say, you don't sound white, but people say this, oh, you speak so well. As if I shouldn't yeah. speak well. Right. Because right. I shouldn't have a good grasp of the English language because I'm black and black people don't speak well at all. Our vernacular right. is just bullshit. You know, it's just, and I've, like ran to, I've run into that problem too. I had someone make the comment to his friend, they made a comment to a, a coworker 
they got back to me and their comment was like, like how now now <laughs> I have to laugh. You had to how well groomed I was and how intelligent I was. Ooh. Well groomed and intelligent. And so, yeah, and, and it's like what so because I'm Puerto Rican or I'm a minority, I'm not supposed to practice good hygiene. And I'm gonna call this out because you know, James, yes, you are Puerto Rican, but a lot of people believe you to be Mexican. And that that's funny yeah. to me because that and again, that is an assumption. Nobody's ever bothered to ask you. They just assume that you are Mexican and you're not. You're Puerto yeah. Rican. And Puerto Ricans are not Mexican. Puerto Ricans come from Puerto Rico. Mexicans come right. from Mexico. Right. I'm and I have saying. to, you know, and, and back when we were kids, you know, it was a lot easier just to, you know, oh, you're Mexican. Yeah, okay. You know, because you can't explain to them. My father was, you know, full blooded Puerto Rican, you know, so I'm actually a quarter Mexican and a quarter Native American. So, you know, and, and like you said, it's making these assumptions, oh, you're Mexican. And back in the day, it was a lot easier. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah, you know, and it's funny down. because now, do you tell people that you're Puerto Rican? You Do you cry it out, James? Or do you just let them well, believe they that? ask me. But, how, mean, but I'm not the type to say, hi, hi, I'm James, I'm Puerto Rican. You know, it's like if they ask, yeah, you know. <laughs> I but know, I, you, know, when you, you know what I'm trying to say, though. I know that you don't, I'm just saying, you know, now, now when people ask you, you know, what, 40 years later, you know, but people still assume that you are Mexican. Yeah, no. they do. You know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's not like I it's I don't want, want to be Mexican, but it's the assumption, the wrong assumption that they're making. You yeah. know, and instead of taking time to ask me, they just make these assumptions. And I think that's the thing about racism at its core. Instead of learning about the different race or the person you're speaking with, you know, you just assume these things, you know, and, and you know, assumptions never really work out. You know, the saying, you know, if you make an assumption, you make an ass out of you and mostly you, but they say me, you know, but it's like, don't make assumptions, you know, ask some questions, get to know the person. I had a, this is, these are type of conversations that, you know, white people don't have. You know, I had a, a friend who adopted a black child who, you know, has some problems with behavior, okay? So she asked me, how do you have a conversation with him about how to behave with police? You know, she's like, I have to make sure that he's being extra compliant. You know, he's making, you know, and with his behavior problems, that scares her, you know? And then I had that same conversation with the woman who was white and their, their reaction was, well, I teach my son that. You should always be respectful for the police. You know, okay, I get it. But you guys are coming from two different spots. She's coming from, you should be respectful for everybody. My other friend's coming from, well, you know what? I'm having this conversation to save his life. 
you're right and it's a different you know, conversation and, and, and i have two sons i have two sons and it is a totally different conversation because they're already under suspicion right you're yeah. already under suspicion first and foremost because you're a black male let's start there threat or no threat you are a black male and that and, and that puts you in danger when you encounter the police and as much as people may not understand that or want to realize that and there are there are white people that will never have to deal with that they don't have those conversations with their sons or their daughters no. for that matter because there's no, no reason to you know and, and but for me it's scary because my my oldest son has autism and i'm sure if the poli- if he encountered the police in some type of situation he would become very nervous and may not comply right away and they may see that as some type of weird threat you know what i'm saying because yeah. he's not complying fast enough but i've seen where people are complying and they're still getting hurt for for complying oh Gosh. You know, so you I watch mean, his videos and, and I get frustrated because these cops, you know, there's so there's three or four cops on one guy. They're screaming, stop resisting. And they're pounding this person who isn't resisting. So it's like they feel like if they yell, stop resisting, that gives them a cover or something. But watch, I mean, watch these videos where these police are, are pulling these people over. They're not resisting, you know. It doesn't appear to be, you know, and the funny thing is, is that we can talk about racism, but we really don't have a solution at this point in time, because I don't know how to make people not think of people in a certain way because the color of their skin, right? I don't know how to not, that's why I have a hard time with slave movies, because every time you see black people in movies we are either slaves thugs prostitutes we're you know we're just not very rarely do you see movies where black people are just ordinary people just like everybody else going to work just trying to make it through life just like everybody else we have these labels attached to us we're lazy we're this we're that and sometimes yeah. when you when you when you read about the Tulsa race massacre and these mobs of white people sometimes it's hard to not feel some type of way right because i haven't done anything to you and i don't consider myself to be a racist i really don't i like like i said i really i really try to give people just the benefit of the doubt just the you know i don't know you And I don't want to judge you because you're white. And I don't want to make assumptions about you because you're our white, because I don't want you to make assumptions about me. You can't have it one way. You can't say, let's end racism if you're not willing for you. You know, they say that people of color, they say can't can't be racist, but yeah, you actually can, right? Where, you know, racism is not unique to white people right? Anybody can be a racist regardless of what your color or creed, right? So I really try not to go there. And I really try to give the benefit of the doubt. But James, I'm telling you, some days are harder than others, right? Some days are harder than others. It is true. It is true. You know, 
like you say, some days are harder than others. I had to, I had to talk to a young boy who has is starting to deal with racism, you know. And it's hard to explain to him that because we're minorities, we have to hold ourselves at a higher standard. And the people who aren't minorities, they don't have to hide, you know, have that higher standard because they don't need to. And it was hard for him to process because he's a kid, you know? But it's like, you know, that's that's the way we do, you know? We have to be smarter. We have to be, you know, more well-mannered. We need to be, you know, more educated than someone that our same age, let's say, or our same peer group, you know? And we have to do that just to try and make the playing field level. Because it's and not that's level. something you can't right, and that's something you can't explain to people who are not of color. You know, and then it, and then it's funny, I run into this a lot too. You know, um people are they say, well, Mexicans are coming over, taking over, minorities are coming, taking over our jobs, all these people from all these countries coming over, taking our jobs, and blah blah blah, this and that. Okay, let's let's go with that argument. They're coming over here to take, they are coming over here looking for a better life because their life sucks where they're at. So they're coming here and taking the jobs that other people don't want. Hey man, do you want to go work picking fruit or vegetables in the field 12 hours a day? Do you want to go- For, and for, for meager for meager wages at that? Right, right, minimum wage. You know, if you did and you took all those jobs, there's no reason for these people to come in. But how many white people are flocking to do these, you know, shit jobs for shit wages? How many people, period, are flocking well, yeah, to these period. jobs, right? Because me and you ain't you know, flocking but that's to one them. Of the arguments. Well, you well, know. I have a job. Well, tr- but I'm, what I'm saying is that, yeah, I, you know, I, this is my thing, is I, when I, when I was in high school, this is, this is what I think about racism. So I'll, I'll give you this story. When I was in high school, my English class was reading Tom Sawyer, right? By Mark Twain. So we're in class and uh, I think I was a sophomore, sophomore or freshman. Uh, maybe a sophomore. And uh, we're reading Tom Sawyer out loud. And of course, in Tom Sawyer, there's a character by the name of Nigger Jim, right? And so when we get to this part of the book and the teacher says it out loud, everybody in the class turns and looks at me because I'm the only person of color in this class. So everybody looks at me and the teacher goes like white as a sheet because, you know, oh my God. So instead of not reading the book, it was just easier to make me leave. So I didn't have to stay. I got to go to the library while they continued to read Tom Sawyer because I felt like the word the word made her uncomfortable, not uncomfortable enough to not make her say, you know what, we're gonna read something else. But if you leave the room, Kelly, then it's okay if we say this word. And I'm sure they continue to say the word. 
I don't know. I went to the library. I didn't have to read that or Huckleberry or Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, because of course that word is in there, and I didn't have to. I didn't have to um, read those. But that's just how they dealt with that issue, right? So you leave, and we'll continue to read this incredibly racist book. When I was in kindergarten, they were reading. Um, uh, Song of the South, Uncle Remus and the Tar Baby, and they say that was some racist shit coming out of Disney. Look at the well, cartoons that I, we looked there at. Are, Look at the cartoons. Look at like, remember the Disney Bugs Bunny the- cartoon where the the jungle dude had the bone in his head and the big lips and the dark skin oh, and. Yeah. Disney was a, he was a racist. He was an anti-Semite. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I, I don't know, James. I It's just interesting when we have these conversations and we talk about it because it's like you, you try to explain to people and they don't, well, people who are, are white, right? Because anybody of color has probably experienced racism on some level. And that is incredibly unfortunate to say. No, it's true though. It is true. Right? Um, and so trying to explain, you know, the, the 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 privilege, you know, it's like, like one of my coworkers told me, oh, you know, we grew up trusting the, the police and the government. You know, you trusted them. No, my family, you didn't trust the police and you damn sure didn't trust no government. What? And it's and that's just funny how, you know, oh yeah, we, you know, yeah. The police and the government were for us. Well, yeah, because they were not, they were there for you. They were not there for us. Right. Right? The right. constitution was not written for us. And which is sad because... It's a document that, when you look at it, could be written for everybody. Yeah, you know, If you applied it, you know, if you applied it, you know, the way it could be applied, I can't, you know, go and say what our founding fathers thought, you know, but, you know, it could, it could be applied to everybody. It shouldn't have to be a... Well, let me roll that back because I know there are some things that they've been put in there that, you know, are still pretty racist and, you know, yeah, keeps the system systematic racism going, you know. And, you know, that's a hard thing to explain to people too, you, you know. It's, you know, it, when, when the cards are stacked against you and you don't have a choice or a chance, you know, it, it's... You know it's hard to succeed, and and you know I can tell you so many stories about you know people telling me trying to make it what is it like reverse racism or something. You know I have a person once was telling me they were angry because in their part of the country the Native Americans can take fishing game without a license. And, you know, fish, there's no limit. But they were angry because they had a limit. And it's like, okay, well, let's roll this back a little bit. You also, we also stole a lot of land from these people. We killed a lot of them. I think 
we should be okay with letting them have a couple more fish. Well, I, it's very hard for me to wrap my head around discovering something that somebody already basically has, right? So, you know, these people were already living here. You know what I'm saying? And you just conveniently moved them off of their land, which is mind When you think about the history of America, it really is some racist shit, man. I was listening to um, like the old time radio, right? So this is, I'm, an, I'm a nerd. So when I do listen to the radio in the car, I end up listening to the radio from the, from the 30s and 40s and 50s, the radio shows, right? Old time radio shows. And if you listen to these like back, like World War II, 1940, 44, 45, when you listen to the shows that were on the radio, they were racist across the board, right? All, even the characters that were of different races were not done by those characters. They were they were voiced by, of course, white people, right? But the black people were always like, okay, boss, I'm a coming. You know, nobody, you know, nobody just taught. That's how black people talked, right? And then the Chinese people were like, oh, I saw, oh, so my hell, yeah. No matter what, that's how they talked in all of these shows. And I'm like, damn, that's some racist shit right when you really think about it and i don't know james i know we we won't solve the world's problems with our podcast but it is nice to be able to have a conversation with somebody who maybe understands and has similar experiences right where we have had similar experiences and we grew up in Salt Lake City. So, I mean, when we went to elementary school, me and my sister were the only people of color in that school. Think about that. There were no other little black children in this school at this time. This is what, 19, no. 1970? 1972, maybe? I'm dating yeah, myself, but, you know, it was the 70s. No, no. It would be a little, little older because we were 66 you have to be like 74 75 well i'm not i'm not you're you're older than me buddy so remember that so it would have been yeah it would have been 70 72 72 73 for me but i'm just saying you um, ain't no you were no remember, five years old i remember going on field trips to the mormon temple um living in salt lake that was a big deal going to see where the Mormon Tabernacle choir sang and not being able to go and taking the bus ride there, right? Getting off of the bus and then shuttled down the sidewalk and we went and got ice cream. We didn't go. I never saw the big organ pipes. I never saw where the Tabernacle, where they played or sang because I couldn't go in at the time. You know, and it's 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 good that I mean, we talk about this all the time because we live it every day. But I think with the podcast now, maybe we'll be able to get our story out, or not our story, but our experiences out where people can say, you know what, that is kind of fucked up. Well, you know, maybe we need to change. Yeah, you know. Well, it would we- just be nice if just, like again, and maybe I'm optimistic or idealistic, but I just, I just wish... We could just judge one another by who we are as people, 
right? At the end of the day, the color shit, you know, doesn't really matter, but we make it matter. I wish we weren't in a place where we had to check the box, right? Shouldn't have to check the box. Does it shouldn't matter what I am. I'm human. End of story. Yeah. Right? right? Why does and it it's matter? Because I have people, I have people still when uh I'll say, well, you know, Kelly and I are doing a podcast and they'll go, Oh, your black friend? <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess technically. But it's, it's like, well, no, Kelly, my friend, you know, she's just Kelly, my friend. You don't say, well, I'm gonna go talk to Fred, my uh, Middle Eastern friend. Right? You know, but, but it's like there's certain religions or races that they always have to tag in there. You know, and it's like, well, you really don't have to because you don't need to have a label. You know, your name is your label. That's who you are. And for some you know, people, I'm Jake. for some people, I've been their only black friend. So oh, I have more than you. you know, I'm not, I'm, I didn't say for you. I said for some people. Oh, okay. You know, not for okay. you. I know you know one other black person. You know, well, I know your whole family. <laughs> okay, so that counts, right? But I'm just saying that I just, you know, the 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 race thing really it blows my mind. It's hard for me to, I I don't I like to think that it doesn't matter, but it does, right? And so when and you when, know what the thing is, it doesn't matter, but it does, right? You it's know, like when they were talking about, um, like Meghan Markle and all that good stuff about her baby and all oh, you know oh my god she's black and I did you know what who cares I just I who cares I don't care you know I don't think it's so much she's black I think it's she's not a reptilian <laughs> well you know black That's people I think black people tend you know really aren't reptilians you know what I'm saying uh best uh, of my know, knowledge I just, I try, you know I try like because this is you know this is a hard this is a hard subject you know and this is kind of my philosophy you shouldn't judge a person by the color of their skin judge them by, by the content of their character that's what i've been saying by who they you are know? as a person because actually yeah but I you're an think, asshole I put it into cool words true if you're an asshole you're going to be an asshole regardless of the color of your skin right, right. sometimes you right. can just simply just be an asshole regardless, you know? That's just how you are as a person. It shouldn't matter what color you are. So that's kind of where I, I have a hard time, James. I really do. But I try to remain um, an optimistic, idealistic person who likes to think that when I meet people, you know, they're judging me by who I am as a person. They're judging me as Kelly, not black person or black lady first then Kelly right I hope it's Kelly and who just happens to be black right you know just saying you know I I get it I get it you know it's 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 hard when when the first thing people see is your race you know when you're told hey you're a nice guy but you can't take my daughter because you're you know, you're Mexican. Back then, I was still Mexican. Oh, or when you're told, really? or when you're told, um, yeah, I don't date black girls. That's all black girls, right? Because you guys are black. 
that. I've gotten that too, which is fine. You don't have to date black girls. That's cool. Um, but I hope it's just not because they're black because there's a lot of cool black chicks out there. Like I'm sure there's a lot of cool other types of chicks out there as well. I just think you should give people the benefit of the doubt and try to meet people for who they are first and maybe put the race thing aside and just see what happens. Let's just try that and just see what happens. You might be pleasantly surprised about the person that you're speaking with, right? No, it's true. You know, it's funny because if people were to take the time to sit us down, people who didn't know us and just kind of sit and talk and pick our brains, you know, I think we would blow their mind because it's like, oh, you're not, you're, you're not the typical quote unquote minority. You know, it's like, well, no, we're not, you know, we're not the typical people. No, you're not the stereotypical minority is what you're saying. You're not the, you're not the stereotype of what, you know, let me put it this way. When I worked in Salt Lake City after we graduated high school and I got a job at this business and I was the only person of color that worked there, mind you, especially the only woman of color, right? I was the only person. So everybody knew me, but I didn't necessarily know everybody. That's a weird feeling, right? When everybody knows who you are because you're the the only person of color. But... Along with that, I also got stereotyped a lot as well. Um, I'll give you an example. Because my hair was in dreadlocks, they would call me Whoopi Goldberg. I looked nothing like Whoopi Goldberg. But because, again, the only person they could relate to that had dreadlocks was Whoopi Goldberg, then that's what they would call me. And I really thought it was an insensitive, I just, it just pissed me off. They would call me literally Whoopi at work and thought it was funny. I looked nothing like Whoopi Goldberg, nothing. Well, to them you did, you had dreadlocks and you were black and you were a woman. There you go. So stereotype and they would, you know, they would see black people on TV, sitcoms, movies, you know, black women were always portrayed as being angry, right? We're angry, we're, we're single parents, we're either, you know, we're either cracked out or we're on a pole or whatever. But, you know, and we and we all we all have attitude. And so when people, you know, would talk to me at work and they're basing everything on what they see off of TV and movies. They're trying to fit me to be this stereotypical person, black person that they see on TV because they don't know any black people. For them, I was literally the only black person that they knew. Which then made me the expert on everything black. Everything. Because I'm black. And then you get that assumption um, well, Kelly, do you know Joe What's-His-Face? He's black. Or you can sing, huh? Uh, actually, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get that. Yeah, I used to get that shit a lot. Well, do you know, you know, Manuel you know, Sanchez? He's a Mexican. Well, no, I don't know Mr. Sanchez. Uh, my thing is, too, you can dance, too. I, I actually can. But it was an assumption 
that, you know, you can sing and you can dance. I actually, like I said, you know, we've had this conversation in my head. I'm, I'm the best singer ever. And my life's a musical. But, you know, it is. It is. Um, but, you know, those were assumptions that were made um, that I could sing. You know, I've had people saying, oh, yeah, I know you can sing. No, not so much. No, not at all. All black people can't sing. All black people can't dance. All black people can't cook. That just blow your mind. I know. I, God, I didn't ever know that. <laughs> I'm just saying, as we talk about the crazy shit with racism, we could go on and on with the stories that we've encountered um, oh, being okay. followed around, you know, people not taking your money, being followed around, being, you know, when I lived in Georgia, that's when I got, that's the first time that I ever had like blatant, like in your face racism. Right, because that's what you said. Yeah, Utah, Utah was more of a subtle racism. They would smile to your face, but the minute that you were at an earshot, it was a different story. Right, so you never got the blatant in your face. But when I lived in Georgia, in Atlanta, I had never encountered just in your face, boom, I'm a racist and I don't care. And that is a whole different thing, especially with people rolling around with their confederate flags which you can roll any flag you want you know that's not what i'm saying it's just when i know that you have something against me solely because i'm a black person that's it's a little unsettling is what i'm saying right you don't like me already off the rip i haven't said nothing i'm driving by i've had people drive by me Major. okay what do you say to that? What is that about? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It just it just boils down to that. You know, I guess it's just the hate, you know, or or and I don't even know if people can hate because it's like, do you really know enough about the person you said you're hating? But Jeff, or is we talk about energy people? all the time, and doesn't it take more energy to hate than it does to not hate? It does. It really does. You know, and you know, it one it makes you wonder, you know, if you were to tell these people, you know, if you were to let that hate go, and if you were to channel that energy somewhere else, you might find yourself in a better spot. Yeah, I mean, don't don't you have to physically or not physically, but don't you have to think about hating all the time? You know what I mean? It takes a lot of effort. It's like it takes effort to be miserable. Right? To me, it's like it's more it's more effort to feel anger than it is to feel joy, is what I'm trying to get at, right? Takes more energy. Anger is, ah, you know, your energy is, you deplete energy with anger. Where I would think that anger and hate, or anger and racism are, are very close to me, because they're just, they're almost like blurred. Because racism is hate, and hate is racism. Well, you can't have one without the other in that case. Right? So you, know, you can't you can't be racist and say, well, I don't hate people because that's the basis. Of isn't that the basis of race racism? Yeah. And you and you can't you know, you can't be a racist without I don't know. It's like, yeah, I don't know why that 
why that hate is there, you know? You know, it just, and it just seems like it takes like, a lot of energy to do that. That's all I'm saying. It just takes a lot. No, I agree. It does. It takes more than it takes more than people should put into it. You know, you and know? so I know we don't and if, have. And if anger comes easily to you, and it doesn't take a lot of energy, that's scary in itself. That is scary in itself, and that anger is 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 lethal that anger can be deadly just what it does to you inside because i don't think i like to think that instinctually all people are good again i live in an idealistic world where it's all rainbows and unicorns that's where i live you're welcome to come visit at any time and i like to think that just people are good and that you have to really work at being bad because you see people all the time wanting to help or they say they want to help, right? I, I don't know. Do people like to be helpful? I like to be helpful. I think well, I like look, to, you know, I, I don't know. Look at I the, the message. Look at the message our uh, guests have been saying, you know, be nice, be kind, help people. If that's the message that they're trying to get out, you know? And I think by us helping get that message out, Maybe we will, you know, in some, maybe in our little corner of the world, someone will look at the way they behave a little differently. Someone will say, you know what, yeah, maybe I should learn a little bit more about Black history. Or maybe we'll inspire someone to go and protest or to look into civil rights, you know? Who knows, Cal? But, it's you know, not I even it's just black people. Like it's it's just all over no, the world. Just, you know, just you black don't... people, just everybody. If you don't know about a certain race, then at least find out before you make all these assumptions. Like Asians, if you don't know anything about Asian culture, or you don't know any Asian people, you can find out about Asian culture. You know what I'm saying? And and learn about it and their history. I just, I don't understand how people can say, oh, I don't like it because you're Asian. No, you're Asian, you know, and then you know, and the and the recordings that come out with with the Karens and the the you know you're in the wrong neighborhood or what are you doing here or who are you and just questioning you because you're different from them. Do you really right. want everybody to be the same? Because being the being like everybody else would be incredibly boring to me. I like that people are different. I like. Oh yeah. You know, that's the spice of life. But going back to your question, do they want everyone to be the same? Yes, they do. They want everyone to be like them because then there's nothing, you know, there's nothing to fear, you know, they, oh, because being different, some of these people are just afraid because something's different, you know? And what, you know, it's that fear, hate and fear. It yeah, but, that, bad, but, but that fear is, you know, fear is an illusion, you know, it really is. It's an illusion. Probably don't have much to fear, but I don't know. Fear itself. Is I don't know, James. It's just one of those things where you know we don't we we talk about it between us. We we really don't talk about it on the podcast um, and tell our stories about racism because at the end of the day, it is one of those things that is hard to explain for me. I I yeah. consider it to be incredibly crazy shit because I. I do not understand it. But like I said, you know, I, I live in a world of unicorns and rainbows and 
You can come visit anytime you want. You know, I just, I don't, I don't, racism bothers me. It, it really makes me uneasy. It scares me because people are capable of, of taking your life simply because you're different. No other reason. You are different. You got to go. And that's a scary fact when you're the person, you're the object of that hatred for no other reason besides your skin's darker than them. However, you tan, but y'all want to go tan. See, that's where I get confused. Tanning's big. They even got, they even got, they even got bronzer that will turn your skin darker. But yet you don't, you don't like dark people. Yeah, I get you. It's weird. It's an oxymoron. All right, James. You know, I don't want to end our season on a low note. I want to end it on a good note. So I want, you know, I just thought it's nice to talk about. You know, we're not trying to bum anybody out, right? It wasn't. It wasn't a low note. I think it just got a little more serious than we usually are because of what's going on. You know, like I told you, it's hard. I shouldn't sit and tell people, go protest, go make your voice heard if I'm not willing to do it. That is very true. But I also think that you should treat people the way that you want to be treated. And I also hope that maybe, and I don't know, like I said, I don't know how many out there listen, you know, or whatever, but maybe the next time that you go to judge somebody by their color, just take a minute and maybe they're a really nice person. You just, you really don't know, you know, you really don't know until you start having a conversation with them. And if you can remove race, which, you know, I guess for some it's harder, but I don't know that's, I like to start there. Um, I'm not always perfect. I'm not saying that I am, but I try, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I really do. Uh, this is the end of season three. This is the final for season three. We'll be, we will be back in September with guests lined up. In the meantime, you can go back and listen to the entire season again. You can go listen to season two. You can even be bold and listen to season one. If you go to our website, www.thatsomecrazyshitpodcast.com. You know, I want to add, keep your hearts pure you people you keep your minds open until next time <laughs>